embrace the grind, right? So sometimes now uh, I, I sometimes find myself like looking back and like, it was a lot and I enjoyed those moments, uh, um, you know, grinding. And when, when the results came, it came out of nowhere. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hey, everyone. Big news. The Business of PT podcast would like to announce its first sponsor, the PT Hustle. Make sure to check it out. Here's a short ad from our sponsor, and we'll get you to the new episode. What's up, listeners of the Business PT Podcast? This is Dr. Kyle Rice, also known as Coach K, founder of the PT Hustle. And we help PT students and new grads make the final transition into their dream job or entrepreneurial life by helping them dominate the NPTE. We know the best entrepreneurs and PTs weren't necessarily the best test takers. And that's why the PT Hustle specializes in helping non-traditional students and those who have failed the MPTE before. So you can learn more about us at theptehustle.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast with my friend JT Moore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today we have on Dana Norseed with us. Dano is a physical therapist and assistant athletic trainer for the Arizona Cardinals. He has also worked for the Kansas City Chiefs and was a student athletic trainer for both the Carolina Panthers and the University of Tennessee. Dano, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Yeah, I'm really excited to be able to talk to you and be able to learn a little bit about your career and everything that you've had um, to be able to get to where you're at now. Would you be able to first start and introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background of yourself? Okay. Hello, everyone that's listening and tuning in. My name is Daniel Norseed, uh, born and raised in New York. Uh, quick little background. Like I said, born and raised in New York, which is an up and down the East Coast and, you know, wherever this career has taken me. Uh, went to St. Joe's Regional in Montville, New Jersey, uh, a parochial all-boys Catholic school. That's where I kind of built my foundation for sports, uh, gained most of my, you know, lifelong friends and, you know, the passion for football and, and basketball at a high level. Um, you know, after leaving St. Joe's Regional, uh, kind of wanted to take the HBCU route, uh, was fortunate enough to get into a couple and it was fortunate enough to get um, accepted and have a university scholarship to to Lincoln University, which is the first HBCU um, you know ever ever made since 1854. Uh, while I was at Lincoln, um, you know, kind of like every other undergrad, uh, lost kind of passion um, for exactly what I intended to go uh, to Lincoln for major wise. Always had you know. Uh, admiration and dreams of trying to do, you know, pro sports, either as an athlete or, you know, in some shape or form as a coach. But when I kind of locked in and, and had to dive in and figure out what I wanted to declare my major in and, and kind of what career path I wanted to take, uh, physical therapy and, you know, being involved in sports and helping the athlete at a crucial point in their career was what I decided to do. So, um, I guess my sophomore, end of my sophomore year and junior year, I started taking the health science clinical track with the goals of, you know, leaving Lincoln and going into physical therapy school. 
um, getting accepted to physical therapy school. Uh, didn't know how, you know, crucial and how a long journey it would have been just to, you know, get accepted into PT school. Thought it was kind of like a one, two, three process. Didn't really have the guidance or, you know, examples set at that time. So leaving Lincoln University, uh, just, you know, took a leap of faith and relocated to uh, Washington, D.C. for basically, you could say, like a two-year gap, graduated undergrad at Lincoln University, uh, May 9, 2014, didn't uh, start my DPT career until uh, May 2016. Um, you know, obviously, retaking re, re, uh, pre, prerequisites over again and, you know, doing a PTA job, got back into coaching football, you know, kind of uh, personal training on the side, getting mentored by strength and conditioning coaches. And finally, you know, after applying to 14 schools, um, total got accepted to one uh, NYIT in Long Island, uh, New York. So I had back to New York, which wasn't my plan, um, was kind of like searching to stay, you know, south uh, and, you know, go elsewhere. But, you know, my, my calling was to go back to New York. So now I go to PT school um, with a direct, you know, direct vision of trying to get platform to pro sports uh, residency. I gained a lot of guidance with that two year gap. Um, of what exactly I want to do. So I kind of had a tunnel vision for my uh, three years in my DPT program while at um, NYIT. Uh, quick long story short, um, residency, what didn't work out for me? Um, I got, you know, I could say, you know, I was pretty, had a strict plan and got, you know, successful in regards to interviews and, and you know, let residencies know my ultimate goal when asked, you know, five-year plan or immediate plan of what I wanted to do. And when that, when I faced, you know, rejection and denial from residency, it led me to uh, a decision of what I wanted to do, whether I was going to go back um, and, and kind of like pursue Masters of Athletic Training, or if I was going to go and just, you know, try to get a job and you know, get more experience. So it was athletic training was the decision that I made probably within a short period of time of denial. I remember, I think I found out I wasn't getting into any residency programs March 1st and then March 6th, you know, I applied and started um, trying to pursue uh, MSAT programs. So then uh, the MSAT program that accepted me and I chose was High Point University in High Point, um, North Carolina. And it was a two year program. And that was kind of like the break into getting exposure to team settings um, on top of the uh, exposures that I had at out, outside performance and um, you know extra internships and clinical rotations that I had at DPT. So um, you know with the MSAT, um, it definitely kind of like opened doors for me because um, now I was pursuing to become a dual credentialed uh, clinician. And that's where, you know, um, like you mentioned in the intro, uh, University of Tennessee, University of uh, Wake Forest University, Carolina Panthers, um, and then from that, then on uh, Kansas City as a seasonal intern last year, and then fortunate enough to uh, get a full-time uh, job at, at, with the Arizona Cardinals. There we go. That, and honestly, thank you for sharing all that. That was a lot to unpack right there. But I'd love to be able just to follow along with your story and that you were able to, you had definitely obstacles along the way, but you had that true vision and goal in mind. And I mean, now, like as we're doing this podcast, you're in the facility being able to do this with me. So that's definitely uh, uh, just showing the the value of hard work and dedication and, and achieving your goals through that. Um, so yeah, I honestly just wanted to unpack a couple of things throughout that. One of them kind of towards the end that you mentioned 
is that you wanted to be that PT in the sports setting. And so you decided to go with the ATC route. And that's something that I, like we've had on the podcast a little bit recently. Um, Caitlin Kaiser was also, she wanted to get into sports and went ATC as well. Why did you end up deciding that? And how did you feel that has really helped elevate your career as far as being able to grow and have both those, like you said, dual credentials? Right. So, well, technically it's funny because um, every time I look back at the journey and I, I try to, you know, kind of retrace my steps, I knew athletic training was the exact, um, I could say, you know, career path that would lead to exposure to team settings. Um, I think myself too, you know, when you're going along um, and you have a dream, sometimes, you know, you're told something and you, you don't, you kind of like hear it, but you don't want to, you kind of think you're going to be able to make your own path. Well, you know, the, the DPT, um, well, and first of all, at my undergrad, athletic training wasn't, um, you know, wasn't provided as well as, you know, me being um, an athlete very early at the high level, um, you know, my eyes, I remember seeing athletic trainers. I remember how, you know, we, we, we dealt with athletic trainers, but I never really was one to, you know, find myself in the training room. Um, I didn't find the value and you have some, uh, guidance from an athletic trainer until my undergrad and I started doing um, internships and requirements for the um, my declared major health science. Um, and that was, that was Chris V at Lincoln University and Chrissy. So um, once I seen that, you know, that was the one highlight, but at the same time too, um, I knew early that there was a little bit of, you know, DPT gains a little bit more autonomy the, you know, the doctor of physical therapy was more attracted to my eye. And I also didn't have the guidance immediately after undergrad to say, hey, go and get a, ma a master's athletic training and then go get a DPT. Because technically, when you look at it, I had a two year gap where I could have filled that. Instead, within that two year gap, what I did was, you know, PT aid um, with, under a lot of PTs that also didn't have the guidance to tell me, you know, um, MSAT was the route. But then when I was in that two years, some people said, you know, you're going to have to do a master's athletic training or athletic training. I remember when I was a PT aide in like 2014, 2015, I would reach out to uh, Washington Redskins because I was in D.C. area. And he would he was like, no, we don't offer um, internships for physical therapy, for physical therapy students or physical therapists. If you would have to have an affiliation with a school. So in that time process I'm like okay I don't understand why they're not offering it I'm depending on my PT program to give me those type of uh, those type of clinical rotations but then when I get there I realize that's not there so then now when we go to residency um while in the residency pursuit I'm noticing that a lot of the great candidates and a lot of the previous residents are have that athletic training before and then in my mind I'm like you know they obviously chose that as their, you know, major in undergrad and said, I did health science. Some people did kinesiology, but a lot of it started making sense. So then now, you know, I gain a lot of distant mentors, um, you know, reaching out, networking. That's why at the end of the day, I always give advice to people, just reach out, reach out, networking probably be your biggest tool because people have the blueprint. So, um, so one mentor, Mike Ankebola, um, from he's working with the New England Patriots now for a couple of years, you know, he actually did DPT route um, residency. And then after that went and got athletic training. So um, 
when I talked to him, you know, saddened with the denial because I was in, in contact with him uh, in regards to how to get into residency because he pursued residency. And I told him, man, I feel devastated, feel like my world's coming to an end because it's the goal. He said, man, uh, and I told him I'm considering going to athletic training. He actually, you know, gave me a head nod and said, if that if this is your passion, you're going to see a lot of great results from it taking that route. And, you know, going to CSM and, and people saying that and saying that you need it. So when it came to the decision, I'm like, I'm tired of the ball not being in my court. I could go, you know, work at a um, work at a clinic, try to get experience, try to get into residency. But I felt like at the end of the day, I'm still going to wait for it to be like a networking and a recommendation versus having everything, um, you know, required and then being able to be the best candidate for the next opening. So um, in my mind, because of this was my biggest dream, my passion, um, and I feel like my sole purpose. I was like, you know, whatever it takes, I'm gonna do it. Um, easier said than done when I was doing it, but that's that's what that's what led the decision. I, I just really wanted the ball in my court uh, for my dream to come true instead of the ball being in someone else's court. That, that is awesome, and I, I love that you said you were proactive about it. That you realized like, yeah, you could have maybe worked and maybe got that experience and had the recommendations and networking, but you said like you wanted to be able to make sure that on your end, all the boxes were checked that you had everything taken care of that you were truly the best. And yeah, I mean, you've, you're, you're there now. So that is, that is really, really cool to be able to see that. Um, yeah. And I want to highlight that, that you talked about the importance of networking and mentorship. Could you tell us a little bit about the value of that and how much networking has played a role in, in really making you like learn and grow as a clinician, but also just kind of making, making those connections with people to get to where you're at. How has that been uh, a big, important impact in your career? That's probably the, probably the biggest impact in my career. Um, I took the whole networking uh, mindset. Um, I, I got to thank my fraternity, uh, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated for, um, you know, building me up to be able to know how to network. And I'll, I'll highlight why. So when you try to become part of a fraternity, um, not even just mine, I bet all fraternities, you got to show, show interest, right? You have to reach out to the your older brothers. You have to, you know, show them that you're interested, find out. They'll give you a little piece of history so that when it comes time for the interview process, they all know your name and you, you get selected. Right. And that's how you gain mentors. That's how you gain big brothers that significantly have, um, you know, kind of like a, an understanding, commonality and love for you. So I'm looking at, you know, PFATS, which is, you know, society. I'm looking at pro sports and I'm seeing all the connections. You have LinkedIn, which is, you know, your social media network. And I just needed answers because I felt like the reason why I wasn't getting as far as compared to my other peers, because I really didn't know. So, you know, by reaching out, literally would find somebody that was in pro sports, had a whole bunch of, you know, pro sports uh, connections on LinkedIn and would reach out. Hey, hi, my name is Dana Norseed, da, 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 et cetera. This is my goals. If you're willing to, you know, have a short talk with me and, and guide me, if there's an internship that I can do, anything unpaid, um, I'm, I'm down to do it just to show, you know, my interest. And I knew that time and time again, I'm knocking on that door. Somebody's got to, got to let me in. But the only thing was that, you know, everything that I learned from somebody, even if they didn't, you know, respond back, whether it was credentials or a CU or a route that they took, um, you know, that's what I was trying to follow, especially when it came back to the decision that I was making to go immediately to a master's of athletic training program from a DPT. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to find anybody that has done that. When I was finding people that had done that and were successful, it gave me more of a confidence that I was on the right path. 
And while talking to them, you know, they understood just the same way as someone would reach out to me that wants to take that path. You know, they'll say, tell me, some told me the, you know, the truths, the, the good, the bad, and that built relationships till now. I remember um, Bobby Graston um, at the time did exactly what I did. He was a seasonal intern at Denver Broncos. He's now working with the U.S. Olympics. But, um, you know, he told me, yes, you, you won't regret this decision. Um, this is exactly what I did. You know, I was in in a T school took, did PRN, um, you know, just to survive. Justin Newman told me the same thing. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, you know, try to recreate my own wheel. It's make it easier to follow their footsteps. Long story short, when I was in um, AT school immediately, Bobby Grasson was willing to, you know, give me um, a recommendation to join and work under him. It didn't work out like that, but just, just from that networking will get you so far along but at the same time going back to like i said you want to show interest you want to get your name out there because thousands of applications everyone every single year is graduating with the same goal so you're trying to get um you know a limited amount of jobs but at the same time get your name out there and and recognize so that when people um see you whether it's an internship or where your, your, your name is coming across a resume you're putting a face um you know to to a name so yeah. that's that's kind of like how networking helped me out and my advice to others is trying to pursue. I love that. I, and I love like the parts that you mentioned on the aspect of just you knew that people had, had done what you wanted to do and that you weren't trying to recreate the wheel there. You were just trying to find that blueprint that's been working out. And like you said, once you surround yourself with those like minded people, it gave you that confidence to know, hey, I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right things. And then just giving you those little like kind of course corrections as you went on your way based off of things that they had already experienced and learned. I think that's so important that sometimes we're, we're coming out of PT school and we may have a certain goal or aspiration in mind, but we don't really know what we want to do or how to get there. We have, we have the end goal, but we don't know how to, to get back there. And honestly, like, yeah, you can reverse engineer it or you can ask somebody that got there and look like, I mean, there's, you can be smart and learn from your mistakes or have wisdom, like get that wisdom from other people that have already gone through the path. I think that's such an important aspect of, of our career is that if you want to really learn and progress and, kind of accelerate, just, just find people that are where you want to be. And then just truly, I mean, like you said, you wanted to provide value to them too. You wanted to learn and grow. It wasn't just a, Oh, what, how can I get something out of this? It's how can I provide value to be able to, in the same sense, help out and grow and be able to learn together with them. And I think that's super important and super valuable. So thank you for, for sharing that. I think that is, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've, I've been learning on this podcast is just the value of, of networking and mentorship and just reaching out to people. Cause as physical therapists, we are people that want to help and help people. I mean, that's what we do. And so why would we not want to help out another like co-physical therapist pursuing their goals? Exactly. So that's, yeah, that, I think that is a big takeaway that I've gotten so far. And thank you again for highlighting that. Have there been any big, I guess for you, for anybody that would be in that same situation of wanting to get into the sports PT world, specifically with a team, what, what would you say are some key points that would help them accelerate or get to where you are at? Um, I think it's by any means necessary, find exposure to pro athletes, um, outside, outside performance centers, um, find out where, you know, the, the clinicians that have been in there for, for years, find them, um, find a mentor, uh, you know, volunteer, just get, you know, get your name out there. Just, you put yourself at the right place so that, you know, the right time can happen. Um, I think that's one thing, you know, in my journey, if someone's trying to look at it, um, when I was in PT school, you have four clinical rotations, right? 
And with the four clinical rotations, you know, you're probably going to have to do subacute. You're probably going to do acute um, outside uh, orthopedic, just general clinic. And then you have your one elective, right? Um, so what I wanted to do, and I had the guidance that told me that because one of my good friends tried to get into residency and he felt that was the reason why he didn't get slick because he didn't have enough sports experience. On top of that four, you know, also the mindset of, you know, work is never finished and you have more to do. I wanted to have enough time to go do uh, sports internships because I had a general focus, like everything in PT school was fine and dandy, but it wasn't, attract, it wasn't attracting my mind. I was, I was the one student in the class, you know, trying to kind of ask the professor something in regards to an athlete. How would you, how would you deal with this? And my class is like, you know, this doesn't have to do with that, but I just was tunnel vision towards that. So when the clinical rotations aren't being applied and I'm, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning about certain things that apply to one setting and I knew that other things were, so I was like, all right, I got to find a one week at an EXO's. I got to f- go to, you know, Chris Chambers Fitness um, down South Florida. I, you know, I got to go to Plex and, and tech, like, it doesn't even matter money out my pocket. I just got to go there because I have no idea at the time what that, that setting is. Now, every single time I went, I, I figured something out. I found out what an alter G was, I, you know, I knew how, how to, how I, you could say I was learning how to deal with the pro athlete, how, how that's different than, you know, your, your general population in a, in a PT clinic, just, putting myself in that sports setting, in that sports setting, that's what, now reaching out. Now, when you get a little bit, you know, I could say older in the career and let's say you're trying to get in, well, all right, you got to go to your CSCS and, and NBA strength coaching conferences or a big sky conference, or, you know, go to NADA and go to the, go to the, um, the booths where, you know, PFATS is, is there, you know, go to webinars under PFATS or, or PBATS or, you know, and the NBA's uh, society, you have to put yourself in that situation. You, I feel like sometimes people that struggle are trying to reinvent the wheel and think that, you know, you're just going to get it. No, these athletic trainers, these dual credentials that have been in the game for like 30 plus years, 20 plus years, you know, they know a lot and their, their, their schedule is kind of strict and they go to certain things um, other than outside things because of their, you know, how their schedule is allowed. So you got to put yourself to in that setting so that they can know you, they can remember your name unless you're going to be on the outside looking in versus on the inside. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's fire right there though. You just shared all of that. That's, I think that's so important to know, like, Hey, these people have, have gotten there for a reason. And like you said, just really make the networks to learn from them that, that if you are able to, to do those things. And like you said, thank you for sharing all those different steps that are, are available, are available. And, like you said, you, there was by any means necessary. You wanted to do above and beyond, not just the, the bare minimum to get in. And I think, yeah, to be able to really get in, it's it's a competitive realm of physical therapy. And so to be able to really get in there, you have to do that extra effort if you really want to get your name into it. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, and you also mentioned that while you were able to kind of early on kind of observe and see those things, you obviously saw some things that you you learned along the way, like dealing with professional athletes and how that's different. What would you say so far with your everyday life as a as a physical therapist slash ATC for the Arizona Cardinals looks like? How does that, what are some of the things that you knew going into it or some of the things that you didn't realize and how does that kind of play out day by day? One of the biggest things I knew going into uh, working with team setting um, is – one thing right here, a uh, good friend of mine been in the NFL. 
um, still in the NFL. Uh, kind of like grew up together. It's like a friend, friend, like close to a brother. And, um, you know, he thinks that the grass is greener on the other side. Um, you know, his trust for, you know, the medical staff with the teams that he's been with um, hasn't been, you know, at, at its utmost high. So I always knew that, you know, you've got to develop and build rapport and have, you know, a professional athlete believe that you have their best interest in heart and you're, you know, you're trustworthy and you have integrity if everything that's going on and you just want to be real, right? You want to be real, you want to be down to earth, but at the same time, know, know what you're doing. And that was the biggest thing, right? The biggest thing was I'm coming into here and knowing as pro athletes and knowing the stakes are high, but they're in, they're just regular individuals, right? And I think um, my specific, you know, journey in life where I have a lot of friends um, prior to getting into, you know, professional sports that were professional, that are professional athletes, it doesn't give me that, you know, professional athlete shock or, you know, just, you know, that, you get, I guess, anxiety or fear of, you know, dealing with this population and just, you know, they're, they're regular humans that you have to build rapport. You know, they have a life outside of, outside of, you know, pro sports, even though pro sports um, kind of like takes over majority of their life, but there's other interests. Um, I think by being able to travel so many different places, see so many different cultures, live in so many different areas that, you know, like I said, in other podcasts, um, you know, when we're, when we're rehabbing and we're, we're dealing with our daily activities, like we're, we're talking about cultural stuff. We're talking about music. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll make jokes about where, where that individual's from. I'll know an individual in that area. And those are all the things that I feel like, you know, helps you become a better clinician, helps you be, build a better relationship to get, uh, you know, uh, and, and accomplish a goal that's very hard, um, have a successful season and keep guys healthy and try to get guys healthy when they're injured. Um, those are some of the things that, I, you know, I knew um, you coming in and, you know, just like the daily grind is kind of at the end of the day, after a month in and two months in, um, like you, you guys become families. It's families, it's, it, it's, it's little brothers, it's big brothers. And fortunate for me at this age, 30, um, a lot of the guys that are coming in are kind of like my little brother's age, right? They're just like that one generation off. So like, I'm still in tune with everything that, you know, they are interested in. And then I also have a little bit that they don't know in regards to, because, you know, you're born in 92, uh, it's kind of uh, stuff like that. So, uh, I would say that's 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 best answer right there. Yeah, no, that that's perfect. Thank you. And I love what you said. You had to really connect with them, like although they're athletes. And yes, like I I did one of my rotations, and yeah, we saw a lot of professional athletes. And you're like, oh wow, but like they're just people just like us, and they really want to have that connection. They they if you can create that connection with them and and create that that friendship and really have them buy in to know like, hey, you care about them more than just as a player that with an injury. You care about them as a person and wanting to help them. I think that makes all the difference in the world that you can really see that they'll buy in and they'll believe in, in you and what you're being able to try to help them. And, and they will, will want to yeah, just really have that, that patient buy-in, I guess, in that sense to be able to work to get back to any injuries that they may be having. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Also, I wanted to kind of uh, add another follow-up. So obviously there's a lot of work involved with working in the sports setting. What would, what have you found have been some of the pros and cons of working in the sports setting so far in your career? Uh, the pros is, no, no day is the same, right? Even though it seems like it, but you just have, 
you have an eventful, it's an eventful grind, right? Um, depends if off season, in season, in season for sure. You know, your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, going into game day, even though it's like scheduled how like the week was before, but whether it's a loss or a win, whether you're going, you know, to Charlotte, you're, you're at home. I mean, at the end of the day, that's a, that's a very fortunate, you know, I'm grateful every day type of grind because it, it, it's fun, right? Uh, it's hard, but it's fun. Um, now the cons, um, and another pro I would say is the relationship that you build, the relationship that you build with the players, the relationship that you build with, you know, other, other dis- disciplines, um, you, you know, your, your coworkers, people in the building, like football ops, uh, from the two other organizations I've been in, like I've had friends that I'm always going to reach out, contact, you know, miss them, see them when we play each other. And it's love because we grinded for so long um, for, you know, for a season and you see them every day. Now the con is um, the pressures, uh, you know, like, yes, it's very time consuming. Um, if this is, if this isn't your true passion and you don't have a way to balance it out, you will find yourself, you know, struggling in regards to, um, you know, I guess you could say a form of burnout or, you know, not finding enough time. Cause you know, it is, it is a grind. It's, it's long hours, but at the end of the day, I, I mean, I'm still early in my career, but I really have not found myself extremely tired or ever waking up and saying, ah, I don't want to go in because one, it took me a long time to get here. I had to, you know, kind of like bleed and, and it was great to get here. So I would never, I would never say that, but I also enjoy it. Right. So, um, but I just know, you know, the con is it's very, it's very time consuming. You will be, you will be away from your family. Um, especially if you take example from me, I'm in Arizona, been in a different state, city for like the past couple of years my family's in new york uh, mostly in the east coast but you know they, they come visit you you'll find time there are breaks but i could say that's that those those are the only cons that's awesome yeah and thank you for sharing both those and yeah on, like when you talked about like if you have the passion for it those like some of those cons aren't even cons at all kyle krupa was on the show just a little bit ago and he shared that same kind of thing that he loves working with that population because he's so passionate about it and so those things that some people maybe could say our cons are, are what motivates him and creates that passion in his day-to-day work. So that is, that is a perfect example of that. So thank you for highlighting those. Another quick, another thing that you also mentioned earlier on in the podcast was the the value of when you were reaching out and kind of networking, you would ask certain things. And, and one that I think is really important for us is continuing to learn and grow in the career um, and continuing education to develop as a clinician. For you, have you found any valuable continuing education courses that have really helped elevate you and said, hey, when I learned this or I was able to kind of apply this into my my treatment styles and and implementation as a clinician, it really helped elevate me. Does anything come to mind for that? Yeah, um, I'm I'm actually uh, about to do another continuing education course with IAR, uh, which is uh, Institute of Athletic Regeneration ran by Toko. Um, He is a PT uh well-known PT in Houston, Texas area, and has been going around with other pro um, pro sports teams. I met Toko when I was trying to pursue residency at uh, Houston Methodist. So, you know, kind of a lot of my, a lot of my people that I would look up to 
Um, I had exposure in, in, like to them uh, from, you know, the residency route. So Toko, I like a lot that he, you know, pushes, I like, you know, his level of intelligence. So I took a, a dry kneeling course with him and I'm um, going to enter and take a uh, sports, uh, sports manual therapy uh, course with him as well. Um, re- rehab, rehab to perform, which uh, another mentor, a distant mentor of mine, Jared Boyd, uh, pushes a lot of information, high level information, just, you know, build, re, re understand and build a foundation and blueprint. Um, I'm in, in the process of learning that. Um, I, you know, pursued the corrective exercise um, specialist with NASM. Uh, and a lot of the, like I said, a lot of the continuing education courses um, were, you know, things that I saw others ask them how, how they benefit, how they benefit, how they benefited from it. Um, when I was at um, University of Tennessee, uh, the, the sports PT there, um, the PT for the entire, um, you know, sports population there, you know, he basically gave me an analogy and he was like, you know, the two things in regards to, you know, rehab and physical therapy is like strength and range of motion. And he compared it to why does, you know, Alabama always win, right? They, they run and they block, right? They have, they have a solid running game and they have, you know, always solid line um, year in, year out. So, you know, understanding continuing educations that, you know, are in line with what you have, right? I had lucky enough to have a foundation from since PT school because the professor that taught us, you know, foundations to orthopedics and, you know, our sports um, courses uh, was residency trained. Uh, Dr. Eric Greenberg, he went to University of Delaware. So he, you know, pushed a lot of great evidence-based information at an early, early time in my career. So I don't really try to steer away from, you know, the foundation. So if anything is kind of going to boost my foundation or trying to like turn my a little bit of my biases, but not too much, I'll, I'll, I'll pursue that. But at the end of the day, you can learn from any and every single continued education. You just have to find the right way to apply it to the setting that you're, that you're in and, you know, make sure that it's actually working and make sure you, you know, patient values first. So at the end of the day, that's the one thing with uh, pro athletes, like you could go and get all this stuff, but how are you going to get this pro athlete to buy in? How are you going to make it make sense in layman's term? Cause they actually really don't care. Um, they just want to, for you to get better. Some of them do, some of them are highly educated into exactly what's going on, but at the end of the day, it's like, how, how does this apply to what I have going on right now? And how am I going to do it? Yeah, exactly. That's thank you for that. I mean, they, they, they have their goals that they want to get back to and if, where that, that tool will help them get there. And so, yeah, thank you for, for sharing some of those. And I loved how you had those ready. And that's something that I've realized that all of the clinicians that are, have been successful in their careers are, are constantly learning. You just named off all the ones that some of the ones that you're currently doing. And so I think that's such an important aspect to continue to learn, to grow and, and gain that knowledge. Know that like, although yes, you have, I mean, reached your one of your major goals of being in the sports setting, you want to become the best at that. And so you're continuing to grow and grab those, those valuable continuing education courses to be able to learn and develop. Um, yeah. yeah. Something else that I wanted to ask, and these are some of the kind of wrapping up questions for the podcast that I always love to ask people um, is what is something that you had wished you had learned sooner in your career that really helped you kind of make that aha moment or like really made everything click. Does anything come to mind where you said, man, that was such a valuable thing that, I really wish I had learned a little bit sooner if I could, but does anything come to mind there? Hmm, let's see. 
Um, there's a lot. I'm trying to see something that's specific, like an aha moment. Aha uh-huh. moment probably would be, you know, the kind of like the history of exercise prescription, right? Uh, if I knew early, very early, um, I'm like while in PT school, I mean, I did, like I said, I had a foundation, but just kind of like your strength and conditioning um, principles. Um, I'm lucky enough to be working uh, with and under a uh, well-known strength and condition uh, specialist and coach, uh, Buddy Morris. And he's constantly hitting me with a lot of great, you know, principles and a lot of information. So there's a lot of information in regards to the strength and conditioning um, side of certain things that I wish I knew earlier because um, they, they tend to be aha moments in the rehab process. I think that, you know, rehab and strength and conditioning are pretty much the same. Just one just has guardrails and one does not. And you just have to pay attention to the ailment that the athlete has. So I think a lot of the aha moments are, you know, strength and conditioning principles, not just your, you know, uh, and not just like, you know, your common CSCS uh, commonalities or your exercise physiology um, principles, but, you know, diving deep into the strength and conditioning gurus and, you know, uh, periodizations or blocks or whether, whether a coach had a bias towards the, the term periodization or blocks, um, you know, your, your, the emphasis on eccentrics. Um, if I had that earlier, um, and I'm saying earlier as in kind of like year one, year two PT school, uh, I think it would, it would be a lot because I would have tried to implement that a little bit more um, in my clinical rotations and in just my, you know, student learning process for exams and, and practicals. Okay, perfect. No, thank you for, for sharing those. Um, and honestly, I, it's this, this episode has flown by already. Um, but just to finish up, um, I would love to, if you, if, if someone's interested in talking with you, what would be the best way to contact you? And then do you have any um, final words of advice um, or information to share with the audience before wrapping up? Um, to contact me, uh, social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, because I reached out to so many people, I just feel like, you know, just giving back, I'm going to reach, I'm going to help you out, reach back out, even if it takes a while. But, um, a lot of people showed me love. I was, I was a nagging individual. Sometimes I felt like reaching out. So anybody that's trying to, you know, search for advice or, you know, need that guidance, I'm, I'm, I'm free game. Uh, it's kind of like my way of giving back. So uh, LinkedIn, uh, my full name and last name, uh, Dano underscore Norseed for Instagram um, and Facebook has the same full full name. Uh, advice, uh, like we, we like we mentioned before, networking, um, smart networking. Obviously, network with people that have your like like-minded goals that achieved your goals, um, you know, actually humble down and accept it. I think that's one thing is you can, I've, I've noticed sometimes you can have the advice right in front of your face, but then if you think that you have your own idea and you don't want to accept it, then there's going to be a block or you're just creating a, you know, a resistant path to, to get it. So when you do network, network smart, take the advice. Um, and, you know, also, stay down till you come up. And like, I always say that, but it's like, you know, grind, 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 and, you know, make sure you have a balance and embrace the grind. Right. So sometimes now I I sometimes find myself like looking back and like, 
it was a lot. And I enjoyed those moments, uh, um, you know, grinding. And when, when the results came, it came out of nowhere, right? I really wasn't expecting it. I also was accepting the fact that I might have to do a little bit more because I was grinding consistently so much. I had just embraced the fact uh, embrace the suck of the grind. Right. And then when it came, it came. So anybody that feels like, um, you know, their time hasn't come yet or, you know, is in a rut, just, you know, find a different way to find motivation, but consistently keep doing hard work. And trust me, something is going to pop for you. So that's my advice for anyone. That is awesome. Thank you, Dana. Honestly, I've loved being able to just hear your story. And like you said, truly, you had that goal, you've had that that vision in your mind, and you put your head down and went to work and that you've been able to do that. And obviously, you've had great people along the way to help you get to where you're at. But at the end of the day, you had to take that all of those words of advice and wisdom and you applied it. And I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're at where you are today because of, of that work that you put in. So uh, it was, it was a pleasure to have you on. I'm really grateful that you were able to take the time and, and share those things and give a lot of words of wisdom to all the listeners that are looking into wanting to enter the sports world and work with teams. Thank you for sharing all those things and thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Got it. Have a good one. You too. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.